We're here at the bar. Uh, we're, we're having it. We're having it. We're here at Black Pearl. It's a neighborhood bar for us. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's our our favorite or most consistent bar that we attend anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most consistent. Like, if we know, I mean, we sat down and didn't even need a menu. We already knew what we wanted to, to drink. So, what'd you get? I got an old-fashioned. Uh, it's, it's typically what I get. I'll get an old-fashioned in a lot of different places. Um, and it's probably the drink that I'm most judgmental about because I make a really good one. Everything on your menu is good, so it's hard to go out places. I know. Um, part of me was like, try something different, or it's been a while since I had their paper plane. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I just kind of I want a little spirit forward joint tonight. I almost feel like you kind of hate on the paper plane sometimes. Like, if I go out and I order a paper plane, you're like, uh huh. Like, kind of like my mama used to do. Like, you go out and you want to order chicken strips, we could have had that at home. That's the vibe you get when I order a paper plane. I get, I mean, I can't hate too much. The only time I like, I feel like I really give it hate is when we're in a creative cocktail bar where, like, they're using handmade ingredients or unique ingredients or combining them in a unique way where I'm like, you can't. You shouldn't be able to fuck up a paper plane. I understand that people do, mm-hmm. but it's literally equal parts of every piece in that recipe. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't take skill to make it. But it does because we've sent back paper planes several times, just by the look of her, like the color aren't right. And to be fair, their other drinks were not that great, like at a cocktail bar that could mess up a paper plane. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's one of those things where if you could do a paper plane well, if you could do an old fashioned well, you could be alright. You know. Well, that's why I feel like, okay, my first drink, I want I want it to be solid. So I'm going to get a paper plane. And then it's like, all right, now that I have a nice little buzz to me, you, you didn't fuck up a paper plane. Let me see what else you got. I'll give you creative direction after that, after the classic. Oh, I would. Okay. I was like, something is very different about this old fashioned. And I, I should have actually looked at it. And then I would have known that it's because it has a, a, a lemon peel instead of an orange peel. Mm. The one on your menu, you use sometimes you use an orange and lemon peel. Right, I would like both. Um, so actually, when Frank, our uh, our bartender, he's been our bar- our bartender the last what two or three times we've come in. Um, I'm gonna let him know I would like a little orange peel <laughs> in there. Like, please give me the uh, the zest of the the oils over the top of my drink. Actually, I could do it myself. Like, <laughs> I'll do it myself. Yeah. So, we recently traveled to Austin, and I had a corpse reviver there, my second place that I've ordered it, and it was not the same. I don't know what Frank put in it, but I like it. All right, and you're and you're certainly like. Like, allowed to be like, I like the version here. Yeah. You know, like, they might have been different. And like I said there, the guy at uh, Roosevelt Room, like, it's it's an award-winning cocktail bar in Austin, Texas, uh, downtown. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great environment. Um, talented uh, mixologist there as well. And uh, I would say if anyone was going to make it correctly, it would be them. So you might have tasted, like, the most prim, proper, correct version of a Corp Survivor and still like this one better. Thank you, I appreciate you. And still like this one better. And that's okay. Yeah. You know? 
in, in my mind, I thought since it was a classic, no matter where we went, it was going to taste the same. But that's not true because Old Fashioned is a classic, but they have different variations of an Old Fashioned. Right. There are a lot of different ways you can make an Old Fashioned. And uh, I recently learned about a Wisconsin Old Fashioned and how fucked up the Wisconsinites are. That they do add like soda water to their shit. Soda water to an old fashioned? Yeah, it's, it should be a crime. So, actually, let me like Google that. Let me pull that up. Well, didn't you get in an argument with somebody about, or no, someone you knew got in an argument about trying to make their old fashioned because they kept putting soda water in it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Funny enough. Yeah, that, that did that happen. Let me uh, Google. Google is our friend here. Wisconsin old-fashioned. Yeah, so three dashes Angostura bitters or Ango. Two orange slices, two uh, cherries, either brandied or maraschino, which the fuck? Um, should be a Luxardo, but whatever. Um, one sugar cube, Two ounces of brandy, so they make it with brandy over a rye or a bourbon. And they use 7-Up, Sprite, or Club Soda. <laughs> oh, God. And then they still garnish it with an orange slice. So are these things muddled? Oh, my God, that is awful. So they're actually muddling the cherries, muddling the orange slices in lieu of, like, using an orange bitters. No, thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, count me out. Just on GP. But, funny enough, I'm pretty, I have Wisconsin in my territory, so I just got a new job for work. And uh, I'm going to cover that area now, so I might actually have to fuck with it. Like, I think I might try it when in Rome, you know? Like, if this is how you do it, this is you guys' specialty, I'm going to try it to say I tried it. I'm not probably finna order my old fashions from Wisconsin. Well, when in Rome and on Per Diem, I'll try anything. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not my money to waste. Here's Star Nightcap. Cheers, sweet. Cheers. And it's just the way you like it, huh? It's right. how I like it, huh? how I like it, huh? Man, you know what's crazy? I had a conversation with my dad, speaking of Queen Bee, and, uh, <laughs> I had, I had brought up a, a quote that was uh, pretty pretty relative to the situation he was going through, where I was like, well, you know, like Beyonce said, first time you say no is like you never say yes. He was like, I like that. I'm going to use it. And it always baffles me how little people listen to Beyonce. <laughs> I just thought that that was like such a popular thing to listen to Beyonce. Like, I could quote some shit and someone would be like, oh, Queen B. Like, oh, Beyonce. It's easy. I don't think your dad is in Beyonce's um, audience. What? Well, he, he probably thinks he is, but I think that kind of proved that he's not. Right. Well, so, I mean, the last concert they went to was... Chris Brown? Chris Brown. Oh, and he said, he was like, I want my money back. <laughs> he left. He's like, I don't know if he was high or something, but it just was not good. And I remember, like, first time I went to Vegas, like my dad bought us Chris Brown tickets and we went and it was kind of like nosebleedish, you know, they weren't the best seats, but it was just about being there. And I wasn't being picky, it was a free fucking concert. But I just remember him putting on such a great show, like Chris Brown was such an entertainer. 
Um, so that was unfortunate to hear that, that that particular time wasn't good. But if you think about how many shows this guy's doing Man. out in Vegas, like you get a residency, like that's he's just tired, bro. He need a nap. Straight up. Maybe a little bit to his room by a groupie, you know, and just relax. Hey, listen, recharge. Speaking of uh, speaking of concerts, though. Um, Yeah, speaking of concerts, though, we just went to see uh, Masego, the um, You Never Visit Me Tour stop in Austin. And I would say that's a learning experience, for sure. No? I can't wait to hear your perspective. Why was it a learning experience? It was a learning experience because, like, I assume that it was going to be indoors, and it was not, and it was outside. And on that particular day, it's pretty chilly. Like, the literal day before, if it was outside, it would have been a gorgeous show. Um, but that day, it had, it had been raining, it was overcast, it was like 50 degrees out, um, maybe like a high of 60 at the time of the concert. And you wore this, like, skin-tight dress, <laughs> and it was sleeveless, and I wore a nice, like, linen, you know, Papi Chulo shirt, you know. I know, you had your chest out and everything. I had my chest out, flexing, and, uh, but a bitch was cold and my nipples were hard. And I was not having a great time. I was not feeling fly like a G6. And I also felt like, shit, because even still with me being as cold as I was, I was more layered than you were. And so I was like, fuck, man. This is a cold concert. <laughs> I knew it would warm up when people got there, but I knew I had made a mistake when I was like, damn, these motherfuckers wearing a lot of jackets up in here. There's a lot of hoodies and beanies going on. I ain't never showed up to a concert like this. I'm used to, like, indoor concert. You're going to be, like, packed tight. It's going to be hot. People are going to be sweating on you. The last thing I would want to wear is a hoodie. So I I knew that I would made a grave mistake at that moment. Um, Were you upset? I wasn't upset, or if I was, it wasn't for a long time, because when you said amphitheater, that keyed into me, and I was like, are you sure it's not outside? And I didn't look, because I was just so sure that it was inside, because I had driven by this place before, and it's a building. It's a restaurant. People go, it's a restaurant, so like, I fairly assumed that it's an intimate venue that it would be inside. It's a restaurant. We're gonna get to that later. The the choice of venue was not appropriate for Masego. I think he would have done much better if it was an indoor, more intimate, like, because he's giving, my grandma raised me. I listened to Anita Baker growing up. Yeah. But the crowd, his, maybe not his target audience, but who was in the crowd were more younger people. And then it, it was a concert outside, but the energy didn't match. It was just a very interesting dynamic. It was complex. However, let's go back. So I was not mad. I think that I was a little frustrated because I had asked you, and maybe I was like, oh, Jasmine, you should have looked yourself. But then at the end of the day, I was able to walk back to the hotel, change into something more comfortable. I felt bad for you because you didn't have that option. And yeah, I didn't pack a, a long sleeve anything. Not a jacket, not a sleeve. Bitch was out here reckless. You were fine, but you were very reckless. 
Um, but yeah, I just had to think to myself, like, what memory do I want of this night? I don't want to argue. I want to have a great time. And so that quickly dissolved any anger or frustration. Yeah. And I mean, and, and for me, someone who, uh, who plans these things, like I had, I had bought these tickets in like early December as a Christmas gift. So like we've known about this concert for months. However, I'd also bought other tickets to another event. So it's like, I don't know, the other thing was closer. So I did more research on it, I guess. And this one was further out. And I was like, I got time. I got time. And I didn't, again, I didn't think I needed to research it because I had driven by subs so many times in the times that I was in Austin. I had just never been to a concert. I had driven by and heard the music and been like, damn, that music sounds good. And I'd never, ever considered that the shit was happening in the literal, actual backyard, which, by the way, it felt like you were listening to music in the backyard. And maybe for a different artist, different type of music, that's a huge selling point. Just the intimacy of like listening to music in someone's fucking backyard. But amphitheater is a fucking stretch, and I don't feel like you could justify amphitheater just because it's outside. There's no incline, and like when I think amphitheater, I'm thinking incline, I'm thinking stared steps, I'm thinking it starts low, ends high, like people are lawn sitting, right? I've been to Ascend Amphitheater in Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm from, and it's that experience. Like, there's not really a bad seat because of, um, like, the stair-stepping of, like, raised ground. We've been to, what is it, like, the Toyota Center or something like that that has a, an amphitheater, right? I'm there's even an thinking outdoor. about Denver. They have Red Rock Amphitheater. Right? It's amphitheater. outside, but it is uh, steps, so you can sit. Yep. And, and even Toy- Toyota is indoor-outdoor. Like when we went to see Anderson Pack there, it was indoor amphitheater. Like so, it's like I, of course, I, I I'm gonna take my L. I should have done the research. I should have looked. I did not, but I still had a good experience. It does take me a little bit longer to get over like things like that, especially when, like, I feel like the responsibility fell on me to plan better. And so I was like, ah, oh, fucked up. And so I was in my head about that and frustrated and also like the merch stand was selling hoodies you feel me the hoodies are 80 dollars 80 fucking bones like i shouldn't trip over that because the last thing that i bought tickets for for christmas was the dallas open and i did buy a hundred dollar (laughs) hoodie but it was for some shit that i have still worn after the fact and i'm not a gemini I'm a very proud Capricorn. And the hoodie said, I'm so Gemini. So I was like, I will be goddamned if I spend $80 on some shit that I ain't finna wear outside of this. And I can't return it? Fuck off. So, but things did warm up. The crowd came, warmed me up a little bit. Um, and then I was like listening to the music, which kind of took my mind off of the breeze and the chill. Um, but like, let's get into the performance. Like, how did how did you feel? Masego did, and not even like in comparison to other performers, right? Like, so let's just let's just strip that down. How was his performance for this show? 
it was very underwhelming. How mm, it was underwhelming, and right because multiple things can be true. I'm not the biggest Masego fan, and I think that makes a difference. Like when you took me to Big Big Crit, baby, every song I knew, and I feel like that makes a different experience. You're comparing it. Okay, and I was like, strip it down. Strip it down. I think the it was still underwhelming. It wasn't really a performance to me. Like you paid money, you you paid money for my Christmas gift for us to sing along outside in the cold. Damn, that's how I felt. I feel that. Yeah, I think when I actually I told my dad about the concert, he didn't know who Masego was, but he was like, "How was it?" And uh, I was like, it felt like just listening to the album, but not in a great way. It felt like I could listen to the album for free in my car and I can control the temperature. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a much more enjoyable experience in my vehicle. <laughs> so, so what if temperature wasn't a factor? I still don't think that his performance was like, I think maybe someone on his team or... If there's someone that like travels with him, that's like, hey, like your show was fucking incredible in this city, but it lacked a little bit in this city. Like, maybe there's a person whose job that is to say, this isn't our venue. Next time we tour, this isn't the right venue for us. So I want to propose something because I know you said don't compare, but I need to compare right now. Okay. Sure. I feel I'll like the it. people in the front, because we were a little further than we usually are. I feel like the people in the front had a time. It looked like they had a great time. Yeah. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it, because usually we are very upfront at concerts. I'm thinking like Tank and the Bangers, Big Crit. I was shaking my titties front row at Tank and the Bangers. Okay. Like the fuck? And I ain't got a lot of titty to shake. And them motherfuckers was doing helicopters. Helicopter, helicopter. Um, but I feel that, yeah. I And I thought that Masega would have been perfect for a really intimate venue. Because it's giving jazz. It's giving, you know, like... I need acoustics. And I didn't have that. Half the time I didn't know what the fuck he was saying. I didn't know what OG was saying. And that was his opener. But one thing I will say, like, to add a positive in this hoe, was like, he had one opener. And he came out, for the most part, on time. Like, I would have soon assumed maybe, like, at 9 o'clock he would get on stage because she finished at, like, maybe, like, 8.45, something like that. But he got on at 9.15. And I've certainly been to shows where they did not value your time. They came on late. It felt like they cut the show short, and you left with kind of a shitty experience. I do feel like he was mindful of everyone's time. It was definitely a Sunday. It was, a, it was a fucking Sunday, right? Um, and there was only one opener. I didn't have to go through three openers, which I feel like it's like two or three, right? And his opener actually brought the shit. I felt like she was more of a performer than fucking Masego okay, was. Okay, we're getting controversial. We are getting controversial. Shout out to OG. Nigerian-American artist and the song that I knew of hers before I went in where I was like oh shit that's her was Envy yeah and that was the first song that she started with but like she engaged the crowd she talked to them she told a story about the writing behind the song that she was singing though you couldn't understand her and she got like really like blatty 
and I guess that's kind of like a term that we use in like musical if you're playing if you're playing a, a brass instrument kind of like it's this like really loud flat tone um, so like every now and then it would just get really loud for her and then it would go like super super soft in what she was saying and you couldn't quite understand. Is that understand. the sound engineer's problem? I think it's maybe like a venue and like audio thing and it's also like a, an awareness thing of I mean not yet but I was like a water. Yeah. You know, pace myself and shit. I got a, I got a, I got a dog in the car. I gotta care for and a wife. I gotta get home. So. Look, I was thinking like usually you drive, and so I have no problem with a second drink. And now because I drove tonight, I'm like, oh my I'm god, good, I forgot that I didn't drive. Yeah, give me another one. <laughs> You're hilarious. Fuck yeah! All I gotta do is pay for some uh, Panda Express. The fuck. So, can we also discuss? I enjoyed the amphitheater because people where the libations were going, the smoke was in the air. It was hazy. People I was, were there having a good time. I was for sure like when the smoke would pass, I'd be like, <laughs> that was. I was trying to suck it down. Pause. Interesting. <laughs> I I love that because it's like that's your business, you know. Partake, and it it was an array of consumption methods. Okay, so you had your alcohol. Then you also had, you know, people out there with their pens, people out there lighting it up, okay? And wasn't nobody tripping. Like, security didn't, like, come tripping. through the crowd and was like, hey, excuse me, bro, you got to put that shit out. No, nobody gave a fuck. Yo, but the guy in front of us that bought the fucking four Budweiser Tall Boys, I was like, for one, you're a champ for drinking Budweiser like this. I've never seen anyone drink four Budweiser's and be as happy about it as you are. Um, but also, like, can you imagine the cost on that shit? Yeah. It took me 20 minutes to get through a vodka soda. Okay. Because, you know, now that we're a unit, you have really taught me the New York way. Okay? Because Southerners, we be waiting in line, you know, be trying to be respectful. But when I went to go get your drink, people were just hanging out. And I was like, is there a line? Is there not? And so I just went up there and ordered the drink. And then somebody was kind of in their feelings about it. I'm like, but she wasn't in line, though. You like, what are you doing? And then I kind of felt a little guilty about it. I was like, no, no, no. Like, you spoke up for yourself. It, I think this season is that level of unbotheredness. I'm like, you, get, you want to get your wife a drink. They're not ready. You step up. And be done with it, and don't be feeling a certain type of way. It's like they still got more drinks after I get mine. You just didn't look like you were ready, so I just I went ahead. Pardon me. Um, every now and then I'll be like, "Hey, are y'all in line?" And then what you do with that is up to you. But I'm still finna get mine. Damn, I had a story, but I won't. Speaking of getting mine, it's very sexual. Uh, but it wasn't having to do with it's me. The, is the old fashioned kicking in or, or what? With you, it, the old fashioned's kicking in. I'm sorry, repeat that. I said it didn't have to do with me or to do with you, but yes, the old fashioned is kicking in. I like to drink on an empty stomach, by the way, so I'm sure plenty of these will be coming to you live from Nikki's empty stomach putting alcohol on it you feel me because i like for my drinks to be effective 
tonight is different because baby boo is paying for drinks and I'm paying for dinner. Um, usually I pay for drinks, but I also have to drive, you know, most of the time. But tonight, I don't have to drive, so I may or may not. But anytime, if I have to drive or not, I'm drinking on an empty stomach because I want my dollar to go further. <laughs> I, to drink after I just ate, I just don't understand the point. I could have a water. I could have a club soda. I don't need a drink. I'm, I'm finna pay $15 for some fancy juice. What about the taste? I don't. I do care about the taste when I'm on an empty stomach because I know that I can get taste and effectiveness all in one go. But to be full already, like I just ate, and I'm like, I don't believe in a nightcap after I've already eaten. I don't know. Um, my mother would say bad things about me and call me names. And so do most people in my family. That you However, have an elbow problem. That I have an elbow problem. As my sister says, uh, elbow, because I'd be throwing them drinks back like I'd be throwing that ass. I don't. I don't throw ass. Jasmine throws a pretty good ass, but I don't. But. Like you just threw me under the bus. No. I don't know table. why. <laughs> oh, yeah, table. When you say throw it, I'm like, that's when your mom at our wedding was like, I thought you was going to throw it. No. Throw what? This ass. Like, you're... You're a good dancer. Like, not only are you on beat, which is important. Not on beat. But it's like, the simple things in life. Like, you can, you can throw an ass back. Tastefully. Tastefully. Yeah. That's important as your wife, to be tasteful. I mean, it's... I mean, I'm not... You can do what you want, boo. I'm proud of you no matter what. Um, you can get nasty if you want. But I'm just saying, like, you, you do a good job at what you do. Like, I couldn't, like, throw an ass back in the same way that you do. And one is just, I don't have that ass. Would you like another drink? I'm thinking on it. Appreciate that. Take it time. I have a question. Yes. Your lobster roll, is it cold? Is it cold? Yes. It is delicious, though. You want one She stay one a lobster roll. She'll get a lobster roll, no matter what. I do they could be like the lobster roll came from our finest dumpster can out back, ma'am. She'd be like, put some butter on it, I'll eat it. <laughs> okay, coming from the person that did not eat seafood when you first moved to Texas, I didn't. And to beef, in all fairness, I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, a very landlocked area that does not have anything but catfish that we could fish from, like. Nashville Preds, I know you ain't never been to a Predators hockey game before my Nashville people. You know what it is. You go to a Predators game, they're going to throw a catfish on the ice from the stands. Like, they come with a bag. They'll put a catfish in a bag, put that bag in their fucking jacket, go through security, bring that motherfucker in fishy, and throw it out from the stands onto the ice. What? A because catfish? It's a Nashville thing. Okay, I've never heard this before. They throw a catfish out. Yeah. Why? What is that? And a lot of times, like, security will go through and, like, be like, all right, come with me. Like, you're getting getting booted. But you get to be the hero. You get to be, like, that dude in the crowd that's like, yeah, he brought the catfish. Like, it's an electrifying moment to throw the catfish onto the ice. But, like, it's a very natural thing. It's southern. It's... 
It's a natural thing to bring a catfish to the At a National hockey. Predators game, yeah. Why? I, That's what I need to know. I don't know where it came from. Do your from. research. Maybe someone I the, can... I need the references. Yeah, maybe someone can origin story this, and maybe that person is me. Um, but... Yeah, that's the thing. At a Nashville Predators game, they're going to throw a catfish on the field. So I have had seafood. I never really fuck with shrimp like that, but I would eat the fuck out of a catfish at a fish fry. And I will put my piece of fried catfish on a single piece of white bread. Two or three little, like, white onion rings, basically. White onion circles, I guess. What do you call them? Okay. And then I put a little mustard on that motherfucker. And a little hot sauce. Alright, don't fucking look at me like that. <laughs> what did you just do to that piece of catfish? I made it better. I gave it a better life. We I don't judge people for their uh, catfish consumption methods, however. Posthumously, I honored it by putting the mustard on there and the hot sauce. Now, some people mayo that motherfucker up, but I'm not a big mayo fan. It's definitely a, like ketchup, hot sauce mix, or a spicy tartar sauce. Tartar sauce is I need is to cool. take you back you home. Put, you putting ketchup on it or you ate? You can right, call me childish all you want to. <laughs> we said we weren't going to shame. Okay, I want to go back to the fact that I want my first Preds game to be with you and Evan. Big bet. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a couple of diehard Preds fans, and Evan is, like, number one in my mind. Shout out to Evan, man. He's a solid dude. Shout out to my dude. Like, that's my brother, for sure. Shout out to Evan. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to uh, Mama Nay. Mama Nay. That's the family. Remember when I thought they were dating? I Because they came to your going away party, and... Mama Nay was like, we're on a date. We're on a date. I went on a date tonight. I was like, okay. You was like, okay, Cougar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, like, no, 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 no. That's her son. Mama Nay, she's fine, okay? Oh, she's a she, beauty. Okay, and she's Absolutely. hilarious. She deserves the best. Only the And if best. you're trying to slide in Mama's DMs, like slide in mine first so I can approve it. We have a screening process. Definitely. Um, but shout out to Evan again for giving me a bottle of Blinton's because this started out with uh, a cocktail connota- connotation. Ooh, cocktail connotation. That'd be a good... That's a cute name. That's a good fucking podcast name Okay, right first there. of all, I want to say that he is heating up my lobster roll on a uh, grill underneath the bar. It's giving college dorm. Oh, big bet. It's probably going to be fire. It's you, about to be fire. You know the shit I came up with in college? Um, but, yeah, back to the we bottle. We used to sell plates in college anyway. That's nuts. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I he's got a, a, a local bar that he frequents that comes with some heat. And he bought a bottle of E.H. Taylor, which I fully support. It's one of my favorite pours ever. And I was like, yo, let me know if they get a Blanton's. And he did. And I sent the I sent the fucking Zell with I mean, I think it was like a Venmo, whatever the fuck. I sent the money with the quickness. And before I know it, it was on a plane on its way to me via another friend of mine. So also shout out to the best friends in the world. Okay. Because they hold it down out there. You have some solid friends, I'm not gonna lie. And the way they show up for you, like you come home. Maybe three times a year, but for your birthday, definitely they show up. Like, 
And it's nothing for me to text Evan or, you know, message or whatever and be like, hey, we're going to be here. He going to pull up. It's nothing. John, he going to pull up. Whether it be the bar, whether it be a football game, whether it be oh, for chilling sure. at the house. He will come over and make himself at home. Man, I was literally at my, my nephew's, like, senior night joint or whatever, like, last regular season football game. And I was like, I'm at my nephew's game if you want to pull up. And he was there. He paid the entrance fee. Little $10 joint just to sit with me for 10 minutes and be like, I couldn't let you be in the city and not come see you. Like, chef's kiss. It's, it's Shout on. Shout to best friends. It's man. on that shit. And I definitely ate a, ate a pizza outside with Evan. Drunk. Appreciate you. Definitely ate. Are you doing like a podcast or something? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are you ordering a paper plane? I, I am going to order a paper plane. That's my drink, but when I order it out, she's like, we can make that at home. We could because it's equal parts, but I would like paper Would you order it? Paper plane. Paper plane? Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. So paper plane it is. But yeah, shout out to good friends. Shout out to good friends for sure. Am I? So how's your lobster? Oh, you haven't had your lobster roll. Baby, the chips are Cajun. I'm about hey, to take seasoned. a chip just off of like taxes purposes. I'm trying not to chew in the mic, but it's good. I'm gonna chew in the mic just so you can hear the crunch. Just a little, um, I feel like I gotta whisper for this. <clears throat> it's a little ASMR <laughs> for you guys. They like listening to chip chewing. Instagram post on a um, like fit girl page that I follow who also partakes in cannabis as a pre-workout and she said she made $8,000 last month off being an influencer on I think Instagram and TikTok I believe that shit that inspired me like if you Baby, find your in, yeah and it's like not everyone can do it though like it feels like Everyone's trying to get Instagram famous. Everyone's trying to make a podcast. Which, ironically, here we are. Um, but, like, market is saturated, right? But some people can still find their in and make their fucking money. So, that should really be... Alright, one more, and then I'll stop fucking with you. Um, that should really be an inspiration to be like, it doesn't matter who else is doing whatever else. So what? Maybe someone's doing the same shit that you do. Who gives a fuck? Just go and do it and put you in the mix. And that might be the thing that propels you. So, speaking of influencers, who have you been enjoying lately? Mm. I don't know. Um... I don't really have a go-to. Like, I definitely like my um, my Instagram therapist for sure because um, I feel like my copay is just my time. Wow. At that point, I don't have to pay $150, $175 for therapy. I just pick up some therapy tips online. Okay. So, shout out to Dr. Fogel, um, her page on Instagram because always make sure I check with that. And Enneagram Kelsey. It's probably another one of my favorites because I'm a number eight on the Enneagram and I'm, I think maybe like 15% a narcissist because I do like to read about myself. 
You like to read about I yourself? I do like to read about myself, whether it's on my Enneagram or a Capricorn. It's oh, yeah. just satisfying to be like, see, I knew there were other people like me. And I like to approve or disprove. Most of the Capricorn stuff is true. Yeah, some of it's like, get the fuck out of here. But a lot of it is like, goddamn, that hurt because it was so accurate. <laughs> I've been enjoying this mom on Instagram. I feel like in my algorithm, I don't get a lot of moms. I don't get a lot of cool moms that are like, maybe doing the gentle parenting thing. Thank you. Um, so Night's Glow on Instagram. She is so cute. She has two kids, two boys. And she's just like all about the shit. Like, yes, I'm a mom, but I'm gonna be out here in these streets looking cute. We doing activities together with the kids in tow, and I love it. Big bet. I have an actual, like, you know how you can save things to a folder on Instagram? Yeah. So I have a folder right now with just, like, kid shit. And it's either, like... You do? I do. That's like, so cute to me. I do. That's and it's either, so cute. Like, parenting tips or, like, activities to do with your children or different ways to respond to, like, things the kids are going to do. Kids are going to kid, you know? Um, so... It, it's inspiring, especially because we're in this like uh, TTC know, no. journey together. Of like, I want to be the best parent I can be, so I'm picking up the tips along the way and I'm taking note. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't want our life as a couple to end because we've had a incredible fucking run, right? Like, we met each other traveling to see each other, and we stayed consistent with that. We've been a lot of places, made a lot of memories, had a lot of smiles and laughter and love in different cities, right? Even our, our fucking dog has been a lot more places than your average human. Okay. So, like, I don't want that to fade away. And uh, so I appreciate someone who can, like, be online and be like, yo, my life didn't end when I had a kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I still went out. I still did shit. I still traveled. I still ate and drank and had a good time. And children are not the bane of my existence. Agreed. Huh? And I think it's important that she's black. And, yeah, like... Oh, try this paper plane. <laughs> are you going to make me get a paper plane? I'm not. I'm not going to make you do anything, but try that drink. It's good, right? It's very good. It's, I love a paper plane because it's like a good starter drink. It's really crisp. The lemon in it is nice. Cause sometimes you want to old fashioned, but sometimes you just want to work your way up. Like I need a little foreplay. Damn, what does that say about me? I just go straight for the old fashioned, the Sazerac, the very spirit forward. I'm just like fuck me up early. I guess that's basically the equivalent <laughs> in the cocktail world of just being like choke me. Oh, okay. Pull my hair. Sure. Tell the people what you want. We'll deal with the niceties after. We um. ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> right. Let uh, me stop. Yeah. We ask for consent. Yeah, yeah we consent is very important. Yeah. Right. How's your lobster roll? It's delicious. It's well seasoned. Yeah. That makes up for it being cold. You know what? Like the thing about lobster rolls, it's still cold. I will take the tiniest bite if you let me have a tiny bite. I'll allow it. And I will share my Panda Express with you in return. 
This motherfucker is mayo heavy. Yeah, it is. Whoa. I'm going to reclaim this song. I'll be around. You know what X sent this to me? Like, baby girl, we can break up, but I'll be around. That's terrifying. I hate that shit. Speaking of exes, I'll be so glad that April is over. Because the ex has been coming out of the woodworks. Glad you clarified that. <laughs> they might be coming. They better not be coming with you. Yeah, April was an interesting month. Before we get into exes, I would like to say that the lobster roll was actually very well seasoned. It actually reminded me of a pasta salad on a roll. Okay. Because mayonnaise heavy. Mayonnaise heavy. But it was it was good. Like if it if it weren't twenty two, twenty four dollars, I would order it. Like if that was like a sixteen, eighteen dollar joint, I would I would get it. The thing about lobster rolls, they're not very fucking shareable because they're already short in supply. They're very small. They're not super filling. It's not something that you order when you're like your stomach's touching, your back hungry. It's something that you order when you're like, I could do this and some chips and be good. Cause that's what the fuck you gonna get. But it was good for a cold lobster roll out of Tyler, Texas. And now back to the exes. Yeah, I did a I did a photo workshop thing in early April, where she was like, I think that's I think that there's potential for my ex to be here. And I was like, I'm not surprised. We're in the city, you know. It's a photography thing. I ain't, <laughs> we never talk shit, but she likes a creative person. I do. And so I'm not saying that there's a type necessarily. I'm just saying that there's a preference for your partner to be creative. Yes. And so I figured, of course, being in the city that they live in, there might be a potential for them to be there. And it was all black audience. All so black I felt audience. Like, yeah. But I was not worried at all. Okay. At all, boo. Because um, I do my fucking thing with the camera, so. And in other areas, too, but specifically with the camera, too. Uh, so I was not was not concerned at all. But that person's brother was there. Was the model, in fact. Was the model, actually. So, small world. Shout out to there being, like, this incredulous amount of land and uh like what eight billion people yeah and still having her ex's brother show up at the event but all was well and he was a great model and i followed him on instagram (laughs) it was all good i actually did i did follow him yeah it you know it had the potential to be awkward but i think at the end of the day when you become a certain age you just want to make sure people are doing well you know like forget the past it's like are you okay your family good you know like he has a daughter now he's a totally different man and i'm just it made me excited to see that he was excited about life so shout out to him shout out to growth too because people don't people don't have to stay where you left them you know i'm sure like your last interaction with him was years ago um and he was a totally different person and um people are allowed to change and be different and grow and have new experiences 
and be different people than the ones that you remembered and you don't have to hold them to that Agreed. Like, Agreed. Anyone that knew me or hung out with me in high school, in college, when I graduated college, don't fucking know me now. Can we spend a little time here? Sure. Because. As long as I can eat a chip. Go ahead. Because last time we went back to Nashville, we had a little spat, right? Had a little disagreement. Did we? Irritation. With each other. <clears throat> and then when your friend came here to Texas, we had a little irritation with each other. And part of me is like, mm, to sum it up real quick, it's like, when you're with me, you're 40. Maybe 45 years old. God damn. But then when you get around your friends from like school, you're 30 and so in my mind it takes a minute to like switch and like realize who you are you're still the same person it's just a different variation of you different version of you which you're allowed to have but it just takes me a minute to be like that's still my wife even though the subject of conversation has changed a little bit (laughs) um our daily schedule has changed a little bit like we might go out for a drink, but we're not staying out to 2 a.m. But when we're in Nashville, like, that's the vibe because we're on vacation. You know, it's like, it's just a lot of different variables. I can understand that. Um, yeah, and I, I think that every person holds within them onions. Not to get, like, on a Shrek-level joint, but it's like we're all, we're all layers. Yeah. And you can peel them back. Yeah. And just because I might be different in front of this person or that person or this friend or that friend or this coworker or that coworker, doesn't mean that I'm any less myself in those particular situations. Of course, I'm going to be different with you in our home, me and you, one-on-one, with our dog, than I am with my best friend. And, of course, me drinking with you in a bar tonight, eating a lobster roll and chips off your plate, is going to be a different experience than when I'm in my hometown, in my city linking up with my friends and we're sweating drunk on a on a rooftop, rooftop yeah balcony at a bar you know like it's just a different vibe and both of those versions are still me and they're still authentic they're just different versions um i don't feel like any one person has to be one way and i think if you are just the one way you're either boring as shit well, you're hiding a lot of layers and you don't feel safe around the pe- around the people that you're surrounding yourself with. I would agree. I would think like you are suffocating a part of you. And I feel like that's why people get become so unhappy in marriage. Because it's like, oh, I have to be this one version of me. Like, no, baby, there's many versions. And I anticipate when we have a child, it's going to be another version. Um, so, yeah, it took some adjustment. I look. She's super glad somebody's here. Um, but I look forward to the growing that we do together. Like, the growing into the people that we're going to become in our different life phases, right? We've already grown into totally different people a few fucking times since we've met. You're not the girl that I met. <laughs> like, How do you feel about that? I feel good about it because. 
you've grown, you've developed, you've had other life experiences, and we've had experiences together that have grown us closer, you know? So it's like, my perception of you when we started, I obviously thought very highly of you and fell in love with you. And we've both grown and shifted in the, into the people that we are now. And they're not the same people who do the same things, who live the same life. Like, not to get too deep into finances, but like we just looked at my taxes from a year before I met you. And I was making under 20K. And I'm not the person who like has to rely on someone now to get by. Like now I'm the type of person due to like opportunity, dedication, love, skill, drive, a lot of things. Opportunity, like lining up, timing, fucking the pandemic. Like who can provide for family? Yeah. So it's like we're allowed to grow and change and, and have new experiences and be new people. You guys, the first time and, and I'm happy about that. Not sad about it. You know, I don't look back on times when we were dating and be like, oh, I wish we still did this. I wish we still had that. We have so we have a better life through and through than when we first met each other. I would agree. And I think that my respect for you has grown. And that's just honest, right? Like when you first moved out here. I just wanted you out here, so you you were gonna take you know a little like FedEx job, and um, and I fronted most of the finances, and I would be like lying <laughs> if I didn't have more respect for you now that we're in the same tax bracket. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's just reality. It is what it is. Like I. I understood that I, I had a job where there was a lot of passion in what I did, and the passion was a reward, um, because not a lot of people have that when they go to work. A lot of people go to work and fucking hate what they do, and they clock in, and they're like, God, get me through this day, and they clock out, and they're like, thank God I'm through this day, and then they do it the next fucking day. Waiting on a Friday. Waiting on a Friday. They're always waiting for the weekend. They're waiting for their, for their, for their two-week PTO shit, you know, so... I'm good. But that wasn't me. Like, I had found a job that I loved and that was fulfilling and that I felt challenged in, that I could grow in. And that job made me a better fucking photographer overall. Like, my skills now, unfucking matched compared to five years ago when I started this type of job. And I was like, if this is as good as it gets, I can still be happy doing what I'm doing. I would love to be compensated, but as long as I stayed in that type of role, I knew that there was only so high I could go. So eventually I got to a point where I started like, alright, what certificate problem programs could I do? What, what, How can I leverage the assets that I have with the job where they're willing to pay for certain shit, right? And every time it will fall through, they just did not want to pay for the education I wanted to receive. But it didn't stop me from putting my money forward or figuring out how to get that education. And even at the time, I didn't think that it was quite going to work out. But I've always had drive. And I've always had this, like, I'll do whatever I need to for my family. Whether that's work this job, work a job that I fucking hate. 
I had worked two or three jobs at one point. Two or three jobs. I would do what I need to do to provide for my family because the end result is that I have them and that I have you. So that's all that matters. But it is also really nice to be someone with an associate's degree. I don't have a bachelor's. I don't have a master's. I don't have anything outside of a, a, a certification on Coursera and my associate's degree of arts in commercial photography. But now I make more money than people with master's degrees. What a blessing. Yeah. And it takes patience. And it takes a lot of other things too. Um, and it's like, bro, now I know there's more. Now I know what level I just put myself on. And I'm finna get even higher than this. Okay. So, you know, I, I definitely assume that because you have a lot of uh, degrees and accolades and, and those sort of things that you were always going to be the breadwinner. And I was okay with that because I had passion. I still had drive. I still had freelance work. I still had a career. And I'm not tied up in some, like, false gender role that I have to make more money. So I was okay with that. I ain't never trip about that. But it is nice to have the opportunity to do more and be more. And I have basically said on the fact of like, I'm always be the one to make more money in a relationship. In a previous marriage, like that was an issue. So it's nice to, to know that I don't have to be for the first time. Yeah, girl, I got you. I know. That's the most important part that you do know, you know? It's not just empty words that I say out loud. Like, you've seen the action and uh, intent behind it over the years and and also the integrity of, like, you, you've seen when I was down. You've seen when I moved out here and there were certain bills I couldn't pay for a couple months and even for a few years couldn't pay bills so that I can get my shit together and pay off other things. So, you've definitely seen me down bad and had to pay a rent for a place that I wasn't even staying in back mm. in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, to to the now, you know, and, and beyond. So, I'm confident that we'll continue to build together and grow together and we can have anything that we want. Everything that we want. As long as we plan it together and continue to talk about things, we'll be alright. I agree. Cheers to our great life and opportunity. Cheers to our great life and opportunity. Is this a good place to stop? Absolutely. Alright. Well, this has been a nightcap with Nick and Jay. And we hope that if you're enjoying a nightcap of your own, that you're doing that safely. You've got some smooth jazz playing in the background. Maybe the window up, letting in a good, fresh breeze. Let you enjoy your night. Be safe. All right, we're out of here.
thanks for listening to part one of our episode. Here's part two of our episode. Going forward, probably won't accidentally record two episodes on the one. I hope not. But consider this one special. Enjoy. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, girl. How you doing? My name is Jasmine. Last name Drake. I was wondering if I could take you out, show you a good time, invite you to my house. Here's my number, my number. so you can call me, can call and don't me. forget that don't forget. my name is Jasmine. Cheers! Happy Thursday! Happy Thursday! Happy, happy Thursday! I made us a nice old-fashioned tonight because guess what? Bitches is saving money. Are we though? Because you pre-gamed at the bar. Yeah, but I didn't buy four drinks. I bought one drink tonight and they gave me $2 off. So it was actually rather affordable. But um, like I was saying, we're saving money and that is a part of it. Can we talk about how now in our grown auntiehood that a $12 cocktail is nothing? I actually, I prefer a $12 cocktail. Um... $12 cocktails are beautiful because why we're saving money and also the $12 cocktails to me tend to taste better because there's more selection you ever notice how a $12 cocktail bar has this like massive list of cocktails to choose from and the ones that are like $20 and shit and they're super fancy and they're very Instagrammable there's like five choices mm. they stick with what they know Cannon, we're sitting outside today since we're saving money and Cannon's chasing the blackbirds that are in our yard. Um, let's go back to this drink because it don't taste like it did yesterday. So what's different? What's different is there's rye in it. Yesterday I used Maker's Mark, which is a bourbon. It's 90 proof. I'm pretty sure it's 90 proof, maybe 80 proof. I'm not looking at the bottle. I'm just going off of memory. Um, and so the difference is the taste of rye versus the taste of corn. Yesterday's was a lot sweeter because of the mash bill. For those that don't know what the mash bill is, it's basically saying these are the ingredients that we use to make this particular whiskey. And the mash bill in bourbon has to be at least 51% corn or higher. And so rye is the opposite, has to be 51% rye grain or higher. So it elicits a different taste activates different parts of your palate therefore is almost a very different drink even though it's made with otherwise the same ingredients mm. it's corn it's corn i think i prefer that this rye shout out to uncle nearest but i don't want it in my old fashioned a big lump of knobs it has the juice it has the juice uh, i like it but i also like rye but i mean you've been getting used to having a, a, a sweeter old-fashioned because some of the cocktail bars that we've been to use old granddad for like everything oh old granddad in a paper plane chef's kiss it is pretty good honestly like give me a, a pretty basic bourbon whiskey rye when it comes to making an old-fashioned or manhattan or a classic because you're going to mix it with other ingredients I'm not just here sipping at neat or on a big rock, so I'm not really going to get those explosive flavors. There's, there's no point in making me an old-fashioned with a Blanton's in it. I just, you know, not to say it's a waste. It's just 
It's not my taste. You think it's a waste. Where did we go out this past weekend and we got a black Manhattan? Is that what we got? Yeah, I actually forgot the bar's name, but it's in the Bishop Arts District of Dallas. It's a beautiful ambiance. So if you feel like getting fucked up with your friends and day drinking, damn, I wish I could tell you where to go. Um, I guess I'll have to post about it. But it's a really nice vibe. It's pretty. And the Black Manhattan, I thought it was pretty good. It was good. That's definitely a $12 cocktail, at least, out there. Yeah, it's, that was higher. It was yeah. maybe like 14 Yeah. 14. How was your week? My week was actually, um, my week was pretty good. I finished a book this week. I've been reading S.A. Cosby, My Darkest Prayer. And we started that when we were in Austin. So kind of like picking up where we left off with the Masego concert. We started that book that night. I think maybe we fell asleep and we did not listen to it. But I've been on that book since then. Finally finished it last week. It was so good. I listened to that book in the shower. I listened to it in my free time. I listened to it when I cleaned the house, when I drove to get breakfast, like, it consumed my free time. It was really good. What did you do last week? I'm glad you enjoyed it because although we started it, you finished it. True story. It just... I, uh, I think that it is a mistake to start a, a book with this woman at night. This woman? Also, last episode, you got the ambiance of bar sounds. You finna get the ambiance of like hood adjacent. We're not in the hood Shout exactly. Shout out to Gabby. <laughs> for the term of hood adjacent. We're not in the hood directly, but we are adjacent to it. So you you finna hear some sounds. It's about to bump. Yeah, they be thumping out here. But but yeah, um, don't start a book with this one at night. Because she will only want to listen to it at night. And that is when she is at her sleepiest. She's in her sleepy girl era and she will listen to that motherfucker to go to bed. And you will end up listening to the same chapter with her 10 to 12 times. All right, enough about me. No, we ain't talking about you yet. How was your week? It was good. I'm trying to think, what did I do this week? Wow. What did I do this week? I, I mean... I do want to say that I went to get... I'm going to Orlando. And so, you know, in the... In the old to high girl summer, I got my white toes and my nails done. And when I went to get my pedicure, it was very awkward. Okay? I understand that some people want to have small talk, like, you know, while they're painting your nails. But it's a little tricky when you get into current events. And the first thing he said to me was, have you heard about the Bud Light debacle? Mm. Please explain to us what the, what the Bud Light debacle is. Well, I know that you're a little bit more um, evidence-based than me. So I'll talk a little bit about what happened, but I really want to talk about how it made me feel and what is appropriate to talk about in the workplace. Sure. Okay. Um, because even in our area, I feel like they're very sensitive to the queer community. They have strong feelings with limited knowledge. And so... This company, Bud Light, sent a trans influencer a can with their face on it. 
And of course, as influencers do, they posted it on their socials, talked about it, and people were in uproar. This influencer has also been popular because they be talking outside of their neck and saying things like they need feminine products, you know, just some real questionable things from a healthcare perspective. So I don't want to name names on the playground, but when the worker brought this up, I thought this is not casual conversation and I really don't want to hear your opinion on it. However, since you brought it up, let's address it and how, what's wrong with it? <laughs> that was my question for him. What's wrong with that? And he immediately became defensive. Like, like what's wrong with being a trans person receiving a Bud Light can? Yeah, what's wrong with being a trans person? And then of course it's like, well, I, you know, I don't mind hiring a, if you want to be a boy, you can be a boy. You know how, like I got one black friend, it, it, it was given bad. <laughs> and I got a black coworker. I I've heard black, that one. Yeah. I know black. I know a black. <laughs> right. I've read about blacks. Yeah. So I just felt like some things I don't need to know your opinion on. Can you get the crust in, from in between my toes? That's mm. all I care about. Mm -mm. Okay. So I don't cut up the sheets. I Please. Just, it didn't make me feel good. And in that moment, I had a choice. Kenan, come here. whistle's a little weak you had a choice yeah i had a choice in that moment like i could let it slide i could be like uh -huh, laugh it off and put another headphone in to let him know i don't want to talk or can i, I can address it and let's see if you want to grow from this limited view that you have and so when i questioned him i don't think he was used to that he kind of kind of bagged back real quick you know um did a little two-step and try to defend his view on like, well, it's just bad business. Yeah, I would, I would rather not talk. Politics, religion, sex, orientation, or if you like drums or flats. At my business ventures, because those are controversial topics. The chicken wing is controversial. controversial. So I don't want to like, talk I'm about it when I go myself. places. Extra and, hard. Um, fry it first the right the first time i just yeah i feel like that was a fail on his part but you know what hopefully he went home and he talked to his peoples about it and whether they all agreed at the dinner table or not you know hopefully that if not inspired him to speak outwardly about it at least inspired him to speak inwardly mm, it inspired me to patronize another business Shout out to Maddie, who did the nails today, and who will be doing mine moving forward. Big bet. Big bet. You know, damn, I can't even say his name. It's fine. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Before I fuck up and say his name. Because y'all know, I came here today with an empty stomach. She made me wait all damn afternoon, because she had to get these nails done. I'm over here like, babe, I'm finna eat without you. It was a couple of hours, but I had good... It felt like I was in a beauty salon. We kiki, you know, shared music, shared movies. She had Pitch Perfect on, which I know that's your jam. Yeah. So it was a good time. I felt good in which that's why I was not a hater when you went to the bar without me because you wanted some socialization because that's what I had. So I'm glad you got yours too. 
Amen. She's saying that, but when I answered the phone, she was like, oh, so I'm not enough? No, I know she was full we'll of wait, shit. We'll but... wait. Said it all right. <laughs> if you're going to tell the people, tell it right. I'll tell it then. Tell her, tell them your sure. reaction. So when I text you saying, you know, I'm on my way home, babe. <laughs> Can't wait to see you. And then I get the, hey, I'm driving at the moment. So I call. I'm like, where you at? Where you coming from? And you didn't want to answer the question. It's real sus. It's not sus. I just hit you with the same question you hit me with. You knew where I was coming from. I told you. I, where... I know. Okay. Can I not play? Oh. Play Can on, I play. not enjoy the playgrounds? It's fine. I just want to let the people know that that's how you do me. Anyhow, I told her where I was coming from. And um, you know what? Let's stay here for a sec. I I did go to the bar. I had a single drink. I had a spicy margarita where Frank muddled my jalapenos and my beverage. I had a good conversation with Frank, and I had an even better conversation with a different bartender. Um, his name is Nathan, and he is a biology student. We had a good conversation. He's a good man, Savannah. And I really enjoyed myself. Just They asked about you. They did. They were like, oh, just you today? That's just cute. you by yourself? I was like, yeah, she's out doing her own thing this evening, but... You know, we kicked it. There were some other people in there, but they kept coming back to me, having conversation. But it was really nice because, quite honestly, I don't get a lot of social interaction uh, when I'm in our hometown, like where we live currently. So I'm used to traveling with my jobs. I'm used to being on the go. I'm used to seeing accounts that I'm very familiar with where I have made work friends. So I know when I when I go to those particular accounts, I'm going to see people. I can joke. I can kiki. I can laugh with these guys. Or if I'm working in a bin or in a trade show or something, I know I'm going to see coworkers that I can have a good time with, go out with, drink with, eat with, have fun with, party with, all these things. And in this job transition, it's just been me at home, which has been excellent. I really enjoyed my downtime, right? But in my downtime, that means I see no one else that I know outside of my wife and my dog. And my dog and I are really beefing right now for whatever the fuck reason. But he's really not feeling me right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm unsure why, because I've been putting the effort in. I've been walking this little dude. I, I fed him on time because my wife has, has cared about my, I guess, parenthood to the dog and has helped me and aided me along in adding um reminders to our google calendar and for y'all to spin the fucking trip and be like why she gotta remind you nick because i'm gone all the time usually so this is not a part of my daily schedule so she is helping integrate me back into family life because she's a good one shout out to my wife but I've been doing everything I can for this dog, and he just really ain't feeling me. So I did not want to be stuck up in the house just waiting for my wife to come home. So today I took myself out for a drink, and I had a good time. You were really looking sad about Cannon. Like, I was. I am, actually. Like your child does not love you. He loves you. He's just not used to having you home 24-7. So he's looking at you like, if you still here? If he had a middle finger, he would have already given me one. I believe it. Because, like, I could be like, come here, Bubba. And he's just like, fuck off. Who are you? Where's my mom? My mom's here. I'd be like, come in here. Come lay with me. He'd be like, I don't want to lay with you. 
I don't want to live with you. You tired, you old, you dusty, you washed, bruh. And she'll get on the same couch and do the same little couch pat. Be like, come here. And he'd be like, yes, my lord. Sometimes you just want my mama. Just shout out to the moms. I, so tell me what you guys talked about at the bar. We talked about how Nathan's got a biology degree. And he did his thesis on crawfish. And what their um, most liked habitat is. Where they thrive. What the weather's like. What the soil is like. Why they're found mostly in Texas and Louisiana. Cannon. Um, Cannon. Got a call for the dog. Uh, but it was it was good. It was it was really nice conversation with him. I asked Frank, which you heard in our last episode. I was like, Frank, what's your vice, dog? And he was like, Um, I gotta say, working out right now. Like, I was like, That's your vice. He's like, Well, it used to be alcohol and it used to be drugs, and I let that go. And now I'm out here like trying to have a better life for myself, treat myself better, care for my health, care for my body. So I think right now, like my addiction is working out. I was like, yeah, that can't be an addiction. A little habit switch. Yeah, it's, it's a habit switch. And and Nathan was like, I think that's a good one. That's a good hobby. That's a good habit. But it's also like anything can be an addiction if you lean too hard into it. And just because it wouldn't be harmful for you to work out every day and like not be okay losing that or lose friendships over it, lose social interaction over it, lose sleep over it, not eat over it. Just because like you would consider that I would lose weight. doesn't mean that that's not an issue for someone else. Heard. But we had, we had some, some really good conversation. We talked about mushrooms too. That's what I really want to get to because I too have, um, investigate the mushroom journey and i am enjoying it not the psychedelic so get into it yeah so i so i asked specifically about cordyceps because i went and bought some cbd gummies i bought some diet weed gummies this week i really don't enjoy thc because i feel very out of control i feel itchy i feel glued to the couch or whatever seat i happen to be in i feel very not myself and just straight up out of control i'm a capricorn we've discussed this episode one right i like to be in control not necessarily of a situation but at minimum myself so i don't fuck with the thc so i bought these cbd gummies and i noticed oh my god there's cordyceps in this 100 milligrams of cordyceps when's the last time i heard the word cordyceps i recently watched the series last of us on hbo so I thought I was finna become a clicker in the morning. <laughs> finna tear that ass up, you feel me? Uh, hold on, pause. Um, Not quite what I meant. What I meant was, mm, that wasn't going to sound right either. Anyway, losing myself in this. Cordyceps, which I later Googled, and it is a mushroom. And it really stimulates the neural pathways. These gummies that I got had 20 milligrams of CBD, of hemp CBD, 100 milligrams of cordyceps. And they really helped me focus in the morning. So I took one like before work one day and I was like, 
oh my god, I could get anything done right now. And unfortunately, I was in a new hire orientation. So all of that fucking focus and energy and will to thrive and do my best job and be my best self, that was gone in an hour and a half. But the cordyceps, I was like, yo, the fucking, the mushrooms. And I talked to dude at the bar. He informed me on other mushrooms. And he talked about this thing called mud water which is a great replacement for caffeine because a lot of people thrive on caffeine in their day-to-day work days because we see the memes all the time right like just chugging a pot of coffee or multiple drinks of coffee or like your extra large whatever's what's past the venti at starbucks i have no idea it's like a trenta i think i think it is and um yeah, people get that every single day just to survive. But this mud water is no caffeine. But I think it has, like, mushrooms in it. You said you've been talking to a friend about it, so, so tell me more. Yeah, shout out to Erica. We've been talking about um, mushrooms and also mud water because she knows I like caffeine. However, we're on this pregnancy journey, right, trying to conceive. And... That limits you to about 90 milligrams of caffeine, which is about one cup of coffee a day. And so been trying to investigate other things. And I, she told me about mud water, which I think is tea based and they have some extra things in there as well. So that's in the cart right now to try. But yeah, I actually tried um, mushroom chocolate, the Alice brand, shout out to Alice, whoever you are. And I really find that it's helpful. You can't take it too late in the day or you'll be up all night. It has 66 milligrams of caffeine in it. But I found it very helpful that, like, I wrote my outline for my thesis. Hell yeah, big bet. Um, also, you utilize AI for that. That's another podcast. But Yeah, totally separate topic. Yeah, I just found, like, it quieted all the extra voices. I also have, you know, lost my mother last year, and so I have some grief going on and thoughts that prevent me from being productive during the day. And I felt like all the extra voices just kind of quieted down so that I could zone in on what I'm doing. Um, But I have found that if you're not actively doing something, you do feel a little lost. Mm. You know, like if nothing's on your calendar, you're like, I have free time. What do I do? I have so much focus and energy. I don't know what to do with my time. That I found I don't like. So that's when I start picking up books or just running errands or cleaning up the house because you have to do something with that energy or you just feel like I'm about to explode. Well, if you ask my mother, Margaret Drake, she would say there's nothing wrong with cleaning up the house if you got some extra energy. I want to give you a compliment. Me? All right, I'm here for it. Because, yes, you're we're integrating you back into the family schedule. And I feel like you did a wonderful job this week. I really felt like you were a teammate. You know, even our communication on like, hey, if you'll sweep, I'll come back and mop. Um, we actually live in the clinic that we use, you know, twice, twice a month. Mm-hmm. It averages out about twice a month to hold prenatal groups. And so, in order to flip it. Kenan, 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 no sir. 
Sorry, we gotta watch him around the around the children. They take off running, he takes off biting. He's just like, oh, this is just live beef jerky. Um, so yeah, you know, it takes a little bit more energy to flip the home when we have to use it for business purposes. And so I just want to say thanks for being a great partner because usually that's on me. Um, and I mean, you cooking like it's a Sunday every night. It's been great. It's been great. <laughs> Last night's meal, I ain't even gonna lie, man. That motherfucker hit. Put your whole leg in it. Okay, put not just the toe, the whole leg. I at least got up to a coochie lip. Wow. I made Can we keep it family friendly? You're right. Um Vaginal. I mean she made dirty rice. <laughs> not the proper terms. <laughs> Come on. Um dirty rice, collard greens, cornbread. Cornbread with agave. I was like, look at you being healthy. Mm. It's still a jiffy though, because nothing's like it. And then I had the same thing for lunch today because that's what I do. And I added those baked beans you made. Mm. Damn, I forgot I made a baked bean. Scrumptious. A baked a big bean. For those who watch the memes on uh, Instagram. You did built like a baked bean. You never seen that meme? Never. Oh my I'm a, God. No. I'm a mini lurker when it comes to socials. All right, I'm going to have to show you that one. But yeah, I made those baked beans last week, dog. And for the most part, all I did was chop up the veggies. And what I do, brown the meat. And 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 you put the concoction together, baby. Delicious. I did. Hold your mule. I made those baked beans. You made them baked beans. Wow. I baked mean, bean. I'll still give you credit, but I forgot about that. See, mm. look at that's God. teamwork right there. That is teamwork. You know, and you been You know what? You might. Oh, let me get my life together, my words together, because I'm just so happy that you also will wash a dish, like. You know, typically you would cook, I would wash dishes. That's how we kind of tag team. But I love during the middle of the day, I see you in there busting a sud. Not busting a sud. Mm, mm, mm. That's when you sexy. The sexy is right there. You know. Mm -hmm. I do look good outside of my work clothes, like Alicia <laughs> Keys said. <laughs> I could wear more than a, uh, a brand shirt. I almost oh. fucked up. You did. Anyway, those that know, know. I did bring some topics to the table, though, if you want to discuss them today. What you got on the docket? So on the docket, I got two topics here. First one up is Debrat. So apparently Debrat <laughs> and her wife are on the TTC journey and they have they have succeeded in conception. And they I, I guess I, they did an interview this week and they talked about, yeah, we used we used a white donor. Um, because there was only one black donor and they said he looked like Jiminy Cricket. They was fucked up. I believe that. him. They could have looked, they could have left that shit out. But this brings up a much larger topic, right? Because I saw the comments and for one, the amount of homophobia is goddamn disgusting. But second to that are people that are like, you're shaming your own race. See, this is why we got a bunch of mixed breeds now. Terrible things to say. Mixed breeds? They mixed might as well breeds. say mulattoes. Mulattoes. What's the other one? It was like mestizos. Mestizos. There's all types of just really judgmental shit going on in the comments. But for those that have not had to search for sperm, in the way that same-sex couples and heterosexual couples that have trouble conceiving have had to look for sperm, you realize when you're a 
brown or black person that your options are very limited because people of color are not the people who were donating. And when you think of someone jizzing in a cup for better words, jizzing, jizzing, jizz, jism. If you think about someone depositing, thank you, <laughs> their semen into a cup for money, there I'm sure there's some stereotype that is highlighted in someone's mind is like, oh, black and brown people must do that more. A poor black and brown person. A poor black and brown person must do that more because you get money for it, right? Much like uh, blood donations and plasma centers are placed very conveniently in low-income neighborhoods. But no, the options are extremely low for black people. For us, trying to find a sperm donor on these websites, on these cryobank sites, nearly impossible. Would you like to talk about your perspective of this pers um, of this experience? I will, after the One children more. pass. Yeah, let the children pass. Cannon! Cannon! Be a good boy. Good boy! Good job, Cannon! So let's talk about, shout out to Judy. I really enjoyed her um, Instagram response to this. But I remember sitting in the cryobank lobby and seeing who comes in and out. And mentally, like, making judgments about what these people were doing there. Or, like, I wonder how many people... I mean, children, they've parented based on their donation. Um, and they were all white or some looked like Hispanic descent. And it made me really sad because we want to build a family, even though it may be non-traditional. We would like to uh, build a family that represents our culture. And so, yeah, there's very limited African-American people that donate for whatever reason I mean, it makes me sad i can remember before we decided on our on our donor that we have now which is my best friend um, but before we decided on him we did look we kept our options open and who she liked i didn't really like who i liked Jasmine didn't really like, and it was like what we had a pick of like three or four, whereas the white donors, I mean, there were hundreds of them. And I think even a part of our, our rotation of maybe two or three that we agreed on, there were people outside of our African-American race that were contenders because there just weren't enough black donors. And so I think it is really unfair for people outside of these situations of need to place judgment on those that need this sperm to be able to develop their families. And you can't judge me if you, I mean, you pop into our timeline 10, 12, 15, 18 months from now, and you see that we have a mixed race child. I don't want to hear your fucking bullshit about Ain't neither one of y'all that light. Where that baby come from? Why that baby? Y'all didn't try to make a baby that looked like y'all at least? There's not sperm available to do so. 
I feel like when you're queer, you just have to have a level of unbotheredness. Because people always have something to say. That's the truth, unfortunately. When you think about Brad and Judy, I'm like, y'all are queer, y'all are black women, and y'all have platforms, you know? Um, And so, yeah, that comes with more people feeling like they have the right to comment on how you live your lives. And I wonder mentally what that does to them. And I also want to bring up the fact that because I have friends that are on their journey, right, to TTC, trying to conceive. And not only do they have to pick a sperm donor, they have to pick an egg donor. And I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm curious as how many black women donate eggs. Mm. Or even embryos, because that's a thing now, right? We live in Texas. Um And I know people talk about the abortion laws and things like that. But also for those people who have made embryos along their IVF journey, um, what does that mean for destroying embryos? Now families are having to donate them. And I'm just curious, like how many of those um, of the pool of embryos, how many of those are embryos of color? Can you explain what an embryo is for those that might be like, I've heard that word and I've heard that term. I'm long removed from health class. Uh, Yeah. So like when the sperm meets the egg and the cells start to multiply, that's when we form an embryo. And hopefully it'll be a viable embryo when they implant it in the uterus to grow a baby. Yeah. And. I do appreciate Brad and Judy because it has developed into a larger conversation amongst, you know, people on Instagram, people on socials, but also with healthcare providers. Um, I love media for that aspect. Like nobody pushed black midwives like social media. True story. So shout out to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I like the, uh, again, I don't necessarily agree with the Jiminy Cricket aspect of their commentary, but it's, <laughs> they're, they're well within their right to have their own opinions of donors and whatever, right? But the larger thing to highlight is the limited options that we have. And I appreciate them for bringing that subject to light. And if people take nothing else from the conversation that they brought forward, I hope, I hope that they take that. You know, I hope that that makes them research. I hope that that makes a black man go out there and be like, man, there's really not other black men out here donating. Like when we were looking at some of the bios and we could listen to the voices of some of the potential sperm donors that we were interested in. We could listen to their stories. We could listen to their childhoods. We could hear their voice, right? And get an understanding. And um, we could hear them say their inspiration for wanting to donate. And for some of them, it is because of the lack of representation in the sperm donor pool. So I appreciate those few men of color that were really cognizant in thinking about this is the impact that my sperm could have 
And 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 for those that are just like, well, so you really need a man at the end of the day. Why not just be with a man? I don't want to be with a man. It's not about that. But I do want to create a family with someone that I love. And, and both of us could give love to our family. And it would be great to be able to reproduce a child that has skin representation that represents ours. And I think people having access to those things is still very important. Amen. All right. So you brought your you brought your topic. Your your topic was Bud Light today. Yeah. All right. I got I got a part two. And most of this is going to be on you, actually. Interesting. So I'm the person who edited the first episode. Very light. Don't judge me. If you are judging me, fuck off. But the the question that I had, (laughs) the question that I had when I listened back, I was like, oh, shit. All right, so this has come up again. It's not my first time hearing it. We've had this discussion, obviously, off of the airwaves, off of our podcast. But I was hearing this correlation to, put it simply, Jasmine's respect for me increased with the money that I made. And I was like, damn, is that fucked up? Baby, I didn't say it was right. I... But I am being real. That I had a little extra pep in my step when I heard the salary bump. Well, talk. Maybe we can. Maybe we can find the root of some of those feelings right here, right now, here on this porch. Mm. So, because I've chosen um, a particular field of study, I have always made more than my partner. And that's something that I just thought I would, that's just what it is. I had to accept it. And to know that now you make more than me, I feel like when it comes to finances, I do have a little bit more respect now that you contribute differently. And not to say that money is the only way that you can contribute in a family, in a, in a family or a relationship, but I think we can make different moves because you make more money. Um, and our life looks very different than when you moved, first moved here from Nashville. So my question, is that respect or is that appreciation? And how does that differ for you? Because prior to me making more money four weeks ago, I still contributed to the family. I'm not saying you didn't contribute to the family, So is it respect or appreciation? Maybe it's just more of a tangible thing. Like, we can just move differently. The dream of like purchasing this dream, this house, um, a new build, like it just seems more tangible now. A tangible asset comes with a larger salary. Yes, it's nice that you clean the house, Um, Or that we can go on nice trips because of the particular type of job you have. Mm, Okay, let's stay there because maybe that's it. I remember when you first moved to Texas and you got this job with, you know, as a tech rep. And 
I remember being at my mom's house and you said, I think we were getting in like a little, a little tussle because you paid for our meal with per diem. And in my mind, I was thinking the job paid for that. You didn't pay for that. And that rubbed you very wrong. Did. And so over time, I have come to understand that you could make different choices with your per diem. So when you choose to spend it on family, I appreciate that. And, right, because both things can be true, per diem, we can't spend per diem on a house payment. Also true. So, yes. also, Also true. We can spend salary a little differently, and I feel like... It's a long silence, by the way. Your connection did not cut out. Because I want to... I am um, externally processing this on the podcast that um, it's like a different level in our partnership. We joke about like upgrades in our partnership, you know, and I feel like this is another upgrade. So my thing is like, I don't. For me, I don't want the respect to be directly tied to how much money I make, because just as soon as you can make it, it could be gone. Anything can happen. No one was expecting the pandemic. I'm sure these people working these tech jobs at Dell and Google and Apple weren't expecting these layoffs. Just as soon as you can make six figures, seven figures plus, it can be gone. And so I don't want my respect to be tied to a dollar figure. So for me, it's more about figuring out where does this respect really come from? Do you respect me because I'm making more than you with less degrees? Do you respect me just because I'm putting up a higher number than you? And it's like, oh, I can quit my job. Now I respect you because you can take care of me. I think that's it. That feel good. Right there. I. When you moved here, I was open to you moving here without a job. And for a long time, you didn't pay any bills. And so, yeah, it felt good that you got a higher salary and the potential of me not working or maybe pursuing my dreams felt good. And I also would like to stay at home with our child. So, yeah, the freedom that the freedom that your higher salary would allow me to explore different areas that I haven't been able to because I have been the breadwinner of the family so to say that felt good I would agree so again is that appreciation or is that respect I appreciate the freedom that your salary allows for me to move differently so does that mean you change your statement or you stick with your statement baby it's fluid we we queer we're fluid, um, yeah. Well, I think, semantics for some people. I think at this point, I'm still trying to figure it out. The more I say it, I'm like, where does that come from? I'm always curious about, like, Jasmine, why do you feel that way? Why did you have a little extra pep in your step with the with the six figures? Does it? And this is just me bringing up for the sake of for one conversation uh, that we're having. This is honest conversation. It might be curated, and we got mics in our hands but we still talk like this shit even if we're not talking to the two people that have listened to this but do you think that it has parental influence 
Like if you think about what you've seen in your past, what you've witnessed as far as when your mom worked versus when your dad worked. Hmm. So when my mom was working, she did make more money, right? And she would make comments about like her salary being bill money and my dad's salary being spending money or fun money, right? And then the tables flipped where my mom decided to stay home and my dad worked and made the money. So I've seen it both ways. And I've had an experience in a previous marriage where he felt very negatively about the fact that I made more money than him. So that's more that's more of a gender role thing in which we don't as much subscribe to that in our particular relationship. And that's not to say for those of y'all that are cisgendered, heteronormative people in heteronormative relationships, that all same sex relationships are just like, we don't see gender because many of these same sex relationships, especially LGBT, where there is a masculine presenting person involved, there's some fucking gender roles. Absolutely. I promise you there are people, fems, studs, both, that feel like a more dominant presenting person should do X. And a feminine presenting person should do why. I'm not going to act brand new. Like, I don't fall into that sometimes. Like, the trash needs to be taken out. <laughs> you get mad when you got to take the trash out. I used to. But then because you travel so much, it's like, baby, the trash come Monday and Thursday. You going to take it out or not, Jasmine? That ass. Okay. Ooh, ooh, somebody snatched up over there. I told you. Hood adjacent. Hood adjacent. They just don't have the proper language to set boundaries with their children big bit okay that i did here get your ass um, here with the but i lips. want to go back let them parent how they want to parent yes, they did. i want to go back that you know we are made up of our past experiences and so that's why i remain curious on like what is the root of that jasmine um because that's important and then i can decide like okay this is why and i want to keep it that way or this is the reason why I feel that way, and I don't need to change my perspective. I feel that. That's why we have conversations. As far as money and relationships go, as far as what I saw with my parents, I didn't really see my dad. Like, I didn't really have a relationship with him until I was a teenager. My mom took care of me. My mom raised me. My mom was present. Um, my father struggled with addiction. So he was in and out of my life. He got to pop in and be fun dad. He got to pop in and be cool dad. He got to pop in and I was like, I, I want to go with dad this weekend. I want to spend the night with dad. I want to do this with dad because dad could do no wrong. Because my mom did shield me from a, quite a bit of what was actually happening at the time. Um, there were also some unhealthy coping mechanisms that my mom used and using me as a friend and whatever for another podcast. But my mom was the breadwinner and she was the person that earned less because she was the only parent. Mm. It was the only finances that I saw. And when I saw her struggle, I felt her struggle. Therefore, I did not want that experience. 
Therefore, I did not want that experience for my family or future family. I didn't want to be the undependable partner for my partner because of what I saw my mom go through as far as, yo, if I can't make the rent, I can't be like, hey, boo, I'm a couple hundred dollars short or I ain't got rent this month. What you got on it? Or do we both pick up jobs to pay this bill? I never saw that. I never experienced that. I experienced homelessness, but I didn't experience a partnership. Teamwork. What's up? You didn't experience teamwork. I did not experience teamwork. And so it was really important for me to be that to my partner. It's really important for me to be that for you. And when I got here, I didn't think I would stay in the same area that I started at. I've always wanted upward mobility. I've always wanted to receive increase. I've always felt very positively about my skill, my work ethic, and what I could bring to a table. What for us to eat off of or enjoy or look at or whatever the fuck. But I did not necessarily think that I would be in a position to make more than you. Nor was that my goal. Nor was that my my underlying ambition. Be like, I'm going to make more than Jasmine. Because if I can make more, then I can get her respect. Like, that was never a motivating factor for me. But I have always wanted to contribute in whatever way that I could, when I could do that. And I've been okay with that. And in this conversation, I just had the realization of, like, I've had people choose not to date me because of the financial position I was in. Like I can remember when I first purchased this home and having, you know, someone that we were trying to rekindle something and he came over and was like, you bought a house? Like, yeah, I bought a house. And I could just see it in his eyes. Like you don't even need me. Mm. Like that was, that was an issue. I was like, well then I'm not the one for you. You need someone that needs you. Yeah, and that's fine. You may have found that person now. Right. Great. Because somebody else might need to be needed. Exactly. Or wanted or whatever. But, you know, just kind of putting these stories together on, like, why this may be my perspective is because I may have checked off the box for a lot of people, but because of my drive and ambition, it intimidated them. And so I also feel like we match each other and drive and inhibition. And that's why we work well together. True story. I've been in the opposite as far as, um, or I guess similar. Uh, I had a partner before. I haven't had a previous marriage, but I have almost had a previous marriage. And the person who was my fiance before saw me from like one of the, not necessarily the lowest levels of my life, but like saw me at the come up stage, saw me, Right after I gave up being accepted into occupational therapy school and applying to nursing school and being like, that ain't what I want to do. I'm going to be a photographer. And everyone telling me I couldn't do that. And so she saw me pursue that. She saw me work at Home Depot, work at Nike at the same time, freelance, shoot parties every weekend, shoot concerts, shoot events, shoot a wedding, shoot a portrait session, a newborn session, anything where someone was fitting to pay me, I did not turn it down. Saw me looking at schools and applying to art colleges and was still like, 
You never have time for me. You don't ever do this with me. You ain't never home. You don't ever do this. And didn't necessarily respect the grind that I was trying to put on. And I lived with this person at one point. That's a young girl. Shout out to Cheryl. That's a young girl mentality. Something like that. Because I was definitely like, how do you think these bills are finna get paid, boo? Because I can't do it off of Best Buy. Because at one point, I gave up the multiple jobs because I was the partner who was pretty attentive to people's needs and being like, all right, you don't like that I'm gone so much? All right, let me let me try to do at the time what I thought was leveling up and make two extra dollars an hour and get guaranteed full time and benefits and all that shit, right? So I worked at Best Buy. And that wasn't enough. And I realized that for this person, I'm never going to be enough. I'm never going to get that respect. I'm never going to get that appreciation from that person for them to be like, well done. You did that for for me, for us, for our family, and for our future. I was never going to get that from that person. So did it hurt your feelings when I said my level of respect changed with your salary increase based on your past experience with her? I don't know that I would say that it hurt my feelings. I would just say that when I heard it back that particular time on the podcast, I was like, huh. And more so, it, it made me think even deeper because in the other times that you had said that, I heard you say it, but it was more like, you were like, I don't know. I don't know if that's right or wrong. Be it right or wrong. I don't know how I feel about it. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna let her process that feeling out. You know, I'm not really tripping on it. She don't know how she feels about it. She might change her mind. I'm going to give her time to process. I'm not going to put too much energy into it. But then I heard it again on our podcast and I was like, all right, what's the root of that? Where does that come from? And it was more so for me just making sure that my worth is not tied into a dollar amount because I can always make more and I can always make less. Understood. And this is the last thing I want to bring up because shout out to Ebony K. Williams. Okay. Who? Ebony K. Williams, you don't know? I don't know her. She's, um, she's a lawyer that happened to be on Real Housewives of New York, the first black cast member. But she also has a podcast. And here recently, she interviewed, what's the lady? Um, Ayana. Ayanla? Yeah. And a clip went viral because Ebony said she wouldn't date the bus driver. Oh shit. I was she literally said just watching that. She today. would only if he owned the bus. Right? Because that's two different mental states, right? If you try to talk about ownership, if that's the love you want, somebody that's driving the bus collecting the W two, that may not be your vibe, you know? Especially if you are in entrepreneurship or owning things, property, businesses, then it may be a challenge to be with someone that is comfortable just earning a paycheck. And I would agree because I feel like if you were okay with just being a tech rep, didn't have any other dreams and aspirations, that would be very unattractive to me. And so, no, I don't want your worth in my eyes to be attached to salary it's your worth is attached to you're just who you are and who you are is ambitious right when you moved out here 
you were interviewing for a what FedEx job? UPS. UPS. Sorry, wrong carrier. Oh, uh, and I couldn't drive a stick either, and the requirement was to drive a five-speed. So you know how many YouTube videos I watched? But if you were just okay with being a delivery person, that would be a challenge for me. And so I'm saying all this to say, like, everybody has their preferences. Everybody can, um, everybody can appreciate a good check-in, Okay. And I appreciate your ambition that you just didn't say where you were, that you were actively pursuing additional skills, and that you were so bomb that somebody recruited you for this position. Your work ethic was amazing. And um, so shout out to you. Appreciate that. You know, also, uh, last shout out of the podcast, shout out to Mike LaPelt. It was... uh, the manager that I had in DI in Best Buy in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Uh, one quote that he said that stuck with me to this day is that you interview for your next position every time you show up to work. And I've lived by that. I've gotten increases on that. I've gotten promotions on that. I've found new jobs and new positions. Every time I show up to work, I really try to show up 100%. I'm no slave to any job that I work. And I don't put work before my family. But when I work, I work hard. And when I'm with my family, I try to be fully present. Not at all times. I'm not a perfect person. But I really do try. And I'm glad that that has come full circle into where we started in our relationship and where you saw me from where I literally drove out of that job on a lunch break and did not fucking go back to the position where I'm at now. And I I know that we'll grow from here. Indeed. I love you. I love you too. Now, the Golden State Warriors about to play and I done already missed 20 minutes of game time. So you know I love your ass. So we finna wrap this motherfucker up. So Language? <clears throat> this is an adult podcast, baby. I hope if you are enjoying a nightcap at your place, that you do it safely, that you do it in love, and that you're using good liquor. Amen. <laughs> I thought you'd have a larger contribution. She's going to go chase the dog down. All right, anyway, I'll see y'all um, potentially next week, potentially the week after that. But thanks for joining us. This has been... A cocktail connotation.